Hello and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. We're glad to have you this morning. Have you ever walked into, let's say, your Monday morning meeting or whatever important meeting that you have towards the first part of the week with your high-level people in your company, executives, boss, walk in, sit down, you're ready for a good meeting where other people are presenting and the boss looks at you and he says, Jimmy, uh, give us a rundown on that 752 property. <laughs> Huh? Has that ever happened to you guys? I feel like it happened to me this morning because I wasn't prepared for an intro. Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth. Today we got Obi on the mic. Uh, Brandon's going to open us up in prayer. Dear Lord, we love you. We thank you uh, that you give us the uh, beautiful gift of prayer to approach you and uh, your throne, Lord. Lord, uh, help us to never take that for granted or take it lightly. That the privilege that it is uh, because it's connected to you sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, help us to be good stewards of your word and your light. Uh, be with Obi as uh, he speaks the message uh, that you want him to speak through him and let it uh, fall on ears that uh, resonates with and hearts, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 And now, and now, Obi Baker. <laughs> Let's go. The uncomfortable <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Um, you know, I was I was sitting here looking up on the board. Uh, we've got you know sixty five ish episodes um, that we've gone through since we began our podcast. Um, hopefully, we're a little more polished than we were on episode one, but we may not be. You know, we may we may. We may have gone the other way. I don't know. They're all they're all rough cut. They're all pretty rough cut, aren't they? I was looking up on the board. We've we've got a board here um, in the in the studio that we um, write all the titles down for each one of our podcasts. And I was just trying to go over and look and see if what I had planned to discuss and and talk about today was on the board. I think it's on there seven times. Um, almost or some to some degree or another it seems like it's it's on there a few times um you know i have been hitting the head uh this week with several different um scriptures with several different things that i'm reading um you know i just finished a book it seemed like it took me forever to finish um because i kind of stopped halfway cuz i really got stumped um i, I stopped uh, reading Wild at Heart, um, which from what I understand is a very well-known book throughout just men's Bible studies and men's retreats and, and, and stuff like that. Um, our, our latest guest, Cody Farrell, uh, said that they had read it in college in a, in a college Bible study that they had and uh, how talked about just how much it impacted him um, you know, throughout his life and how much he still like call you know pull pulls that book out to you know get some some inspiration to um to gain some wisdom about just being the the i guess you could say the job of men in the world and and the way that god uh calls us to be as men and um anyway i, I talked on the last podcast about how I got to like page 140. There's only 250 pages or so. I got to probably page 140 and finish the page and go to the next page and it make like it made no sense. Like you know, 
you finish the page and you go to the next page and it, you know, the page before ends where the next page starts and it went from page 140 to 165. So it skipped 25 pages in the book. Hmm. And I was like, I need those 25 pages, you know? <laughs> and, and I, and I didn't, I stopped reading it literally for like two or three weeks. It stumped you. It like, just stumped me. Couldn't I was, figure out where the heck they went. Yeah. I was like, where's the 25 pages and how am I supposed to know what this page is saying? Because yeah. was I, it obvious there was context missing? Absolutely. Like, well, the, con- the context is what made me look down at the page and numbers. know something was off. Well, I looked down at the page. The actual page numbers say 140, and the next one says 165. How far did you get on 165 before you realized Like it? three sentences. Okay. Like, I, I, well, the world's I, I going say on? that. I probably got to like the first sentence, and I kept going back to the last one. And I kept going, and I was like, <laughs> what is this? Is, okay. You're positive Owen didn't rip them out. Yes. Yes, I'm <laughs> hey, sure. That's a good call, though. <laughs> Very sure. Old. It's always positive. But, Possibly. you know, um, God kept calling me back to this book. The first 140 pages uh, just were fantastic, and I wanted to finish it, and uh, I re-grabbed it um, first of this week and finished it. And the last chapter of this book is what I want to talk about today. Um, the verse that I want to reference the, that I feel like kind of hits on um, a lot of what we're going to talk about is Mark 8, 36. Um, we've talked about this verse before. Uh, Mark eight thirty six says, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Again, this is this has been with me uh, not just in the uh, God's hitting me in the face with with this. Um, you know, it's it's definitely something that whenever you know God knocked me down to the ground and and put me on His path, that's that's one of the sins that I struggle with is is pride and 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 trying to uh, just navigate my ability to let that go and and give uh, give my life to Him in in that capacity. But, you know, Sean sent me a sermon earlier this week. Um, I would say that the the premise of most of the sermon was about our calling. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily pointed at men. That sermon was pointed at just our calling in life, uh, regard, you know, whether you're a man or woman. This book really uh, focuses more on our calling as men. Um but, you know, when you hear that word, it, it's almost like it just rolls in and rolls out, you know? So it's like our calling, what is that? What does that mean? You know, uh, oh, well, that's just what we're supposed to do. You know, that's that's what we're, not necessarily what we're doing, but it's what we're supposed to be doing in our lives. And, and this, again, the last chapter of this book, um, you know, it, it's titled An Adventure to Live. And this book really talks about how our calling is an adventure. It's not, it's, you know, we, we don't just go through this life just doing things that don't require risk. Well, actually, 
we do. <laughs> we, what we do is we go through this life trying to take uh, on the things and do things that require as little risk as possible. And because they require as little risk as possible, they're safe. They're, they're, uh, they are easier. Ultimately, uh, we feel like we have control over those things. And what this last chapter really hits on is the fact that uh, if we're living the life that God calls us to live, that we are not living in a safe, controlled environment. Um, that's just not what we're doing. Um, and I'm going to read a couple of, of excerpts from the book. Um, you know, one quote that the author actually said really spoke to him um, it, it says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that because what the world needs is men who have come alive. And, you know, that really stuck out to me. So it's an another um, quote that really stuck out to me was the price of our vitality is the sum of all of our fears. And so, I, I mean, that's a, that's a very small, you know, 10, 12 word quote that I even have to just break down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, so the sum of all of our fears is the price of our vitality. You know, what is our vitality? Our, our vitality is our, our well ability. Being, it's our ability right? to, to continue. It's mm -hmm. our ability to, uh, to continue to, to grow and, and live, mm -hmm. you know, and the sum of all of our fears is the price of our continuance to live. Does that make sense? Say that again. The sum of all of our fears is the price of our vitality. Is that what it says? The price right. of our vitality is the sum of all fears. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so to but, put but that I, into right. actionable thoughts, just thinking out loud, yeah. what we're really saying is the more things that I fear, the less vitality that I have possible in my mind is the way my brain processes it so if i right. live a life of fear right which we know doesn't come from the lord i'm stunning my vitality for the lord that's exactly that's exactly what i take okay from it. okay yes that's good so so i thought it was pretty good too you know one of the excerpts from this book that i wanted to read it says most men spend the energy of their lives trying to eliminate risk or squeezing it down to a more manageable size their children hear no far more than they hear yes. Their employees feel chained up and their wives are equally bound. If it works, a man succeeds in securing his, life's, his life against all risk. He'll wind up in a cocoon to, of self-protection and wonder all the while, while he's why he is suffocating. If it doesn't work, he curses God, redoubles his efforts and his blood pressure. When you look at the structure of our false self men tend to create, it always revolves around two themes, seizing upon some sort of competence and rejecting anything that cannot be controlled. And then that's when he says, as David Watt says, the price of our vitality is the sum of all of our fears. Mm -hmm. So if we can't control it, we don't want nothing to do with it. And I'm telling you, I have, I, I mean, I have that problem. You know, I, I try to focus on the things that I can control. Mm -hmm. And whenever it gets out of my control, it's, it's something, obviously, now I try to give it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. 
if it's something that I can't control. Um, you know, but before it was like, um, just empty it, get rid of it. I can't control this. Let's just get it away from me. And, you know, and, and so one of the, one of the questions that the book asks is, you know, if you had permission, you know, to do what you really wanted to do, what would you do? You know, and uh, uh, to me, I mean, that's a tough question for me. Um, just because that really requires a lot of thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it requires us to get uncomfortable. I mean, it really does. Because I said this last night, uh, my business partner and I were talking. I have come to the stark realization in a good way that I am created to be driven and exhausted for a purpose. Doesn't mean I shouldn't stop and slow down and take care of myself. That's not what I'm saying. But that cocoon you just talked about, I get that. Because what we're really doing is creating this cocoon of comfort and we are calling it safety and provision for our family, but we're not living. Right. It's a false layer of protection. Yes. And that's exactly <clears throat> what this book is saying. Ask, mm-hmm. ask that, that question again. Yeah, the, the question was, if you had permission to do what you really wanted to do, what would you do? What makes you come alive? You know, <clears throat> sadly, it's automatically a selfish thought. You automatically, what makes me come alive? I think it's is, a selfish question. Yeah, I think I think I, I think we're not we're not talking about um, we're talking about what makes you come sure, alive. Sure, mm-hmm. that's that's what we're talking um, about. You know, what makes me come alive is whenever I start a business and it's successful, and then everybody says, "Oh, good job, man!" High five, fist bump. You know, um, it worked. Mm-hmm. It was started from scratch, and it worked. And and you've had some level of success with it, and uh, you get excited about that. And uh, you know, and but you know, the textbook answer, you know, or or from a biblical standpoint, is you know that that gets me excited. But at the same time, I, don't, I mean, what should really get me excited, and what's way more important than that is uh, winning souls, mm-hmm. you know, planting seeds. And because uh, at the end of the day, we're here to serve and love each other. And, you know, and that's that should be what I get more excited about. I think that there's zero fulfillment in my answer, and I think there's massive fulfillment in the true void that we all seek in the, in the uh, biblical answer, mm-hmm. you know, which is planting seeds, serving, loving, helping, uh, we're here to, you know, we're here to serve. We're here to help each other. We're here to tell people about Jesus. And that's where you're, that's the only place you're going to find fulfillment, true lasting fulfillment. Uh, it's certainly not with my answer. Well, it reminds me of our, I guess we had early on, uh, Chris Gowdy and Gordy, Gordy, sorry. And, um, what I heard in his story was the merging of both the things you just said. Like he loved running a business and taking care of people and providing right. value, which gave him the opportunity to share Jesus through action and through words and through choices. And I think, I think about that question and I, 
and I immediately go back to a cool way to frame it is what if I asked myself that question at 20 years old, 25, 30, 35, and 40? And I can tell you for a span of 10, 15 years, it had been the same answer. And here lately, that cocoon is getting stretched out a little bit and tore up a little bit. And yeah. I think that's the vitality piece. Well, just to just to kind of echo what you're saying, Sean, you know, John Eldridge is the is the author of this book, and he says the most important aspects of any man's world is relationship with his God and with the people in his life, mm-hmm. his calling, the spiritual battles he'll face. Every one of them is fraught with mystery. That's the that's that's what keeps speaking to me is the mystery of of God and the mystery of what life looks like for me in the future, the the uncertainty, so to speak, of, mm-hmm. of what it looks like. Because we all have these plans and we have these goals and we have these formulas and we have these things that we follow, these systems. And, you know, after he says that, he quotes this guy. He says, naturally, we are inclined to be so mathematical and calculating (laughs) that we look upon uncertainty as a bad thing. And he says, certainty is the mark of of the common sense. It says, certainty is the mark of the common sense life. Gracious uncertainty is the mark of the spiritual life. To be certain of God means that we are uncertain in all of our ways. To, we do know, we do not know what a day may bring forth. This is generally said with a sigh of sadness. It should rather be an expression of breathless expectation. Hmm. You know, uh, again, and again, uh, that's that's what I keep going back to. There's no formula with God. There's there's no there's no we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a mystery, you know. Period. It, it's it's there's it, it, there's no formulas. Uh, the man who for the man who follows God, God is a person, not a doctrine. He operates not like a system, not even like a theological system, but with all the originality of a tr- of a truly free and alive person. And so, it, it's something that I'm trying to hold on to is is the uncertainty of what life looks like in an hour, you know, and, and, and tomorrow. Does that mean that I, I don't make plans or goals or have, you know, things that I uh, want to achieve in life? I think absolutely not. But I think that grasping that uncertainty and almost like going after those things that I can't control and sur- surrendering those things that I can't control to the Lord and it's almost allowing myself to live in that mystery of not knowing necessarily what God is going to do or what his will is, but having faith, you know, going back to the faith portion that whatever it is, is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I think we live in a world that uh, presents such a facade of control that it's easy to get caught up in that, right? The, you wake up in a house that has, if it's hot in the summer, your AC's running, keeping you cool. If it's cold in the winter, your heater's going. You go hop in a truck that will go 60, 70, 80 miles an hour to get you, get you to work. Breakfast is in the fridge. When you wake up, coffee is just a 
a pot away in the in the Keurig. All these things, all these little things, add up to uh, just a an idea of control and kind of turn us into autopilot, right? Because our life is is pretty cush if you really boil it down and and you look, you know, at some third world countries. My mind kind of goes back to, you know, think of uh, Native Americans on the Great Plains. You know, when they when they woke up, what were they doing? I would imagine that they're thinking about how to feed their families. And, like, you go back to the basics. And I think it, it may talk about that in that book a little bit, just like the, the way that our generations came to be and and what it is now and how much different it is it does i mean it it, it talks about it talks about it here's one line that exactly hits on what you're saying it says to recover his heart's desire a man needs to get away from the noise and distraction of his daily life or time with his own soul he needs to head into the wilderness to silence and solitude alone with himself he allows whatever is there to come to surface that's good. You know, so it's like clear clear the mechanism. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And and in in this book like you said, it talks about going into the wild. I mean, wild at heart and yeah. how how that adventure is what uh ultimately brings us to the men that we really are designed to be, that God mm-hmm. created us to be. A, a buddy of mine, I I see him, you know, about once, maybe once a year. And every time I talk to him, he's telling me about a new spiritual experience that he had. And these spiritual experiences, the main ones in his life come from, um, like walking journeys or or treks, being in nature, being in, you know, parks around the country or traveling and, and doing these, you know, two, 300 mile walks alone or with a partner or something. But he said, on top of the on top of the literal mountaintop is when I'm on top of the the mental mountaintop with my yeah. relationship with the Lord. How cool! Yes, I, I, I believe it uh, because I've been there too. Um, you know, I, I tell my wife, you know, when we go to Lake Tahoe, I feel closer to God, you know, than than I than I normally do, just because yeah. the majestic and you know, I mean, the the beauty that that we experience and that you're just sitting there looking at, you know, but. Just to kind of culminate all of this, you know, um, you know this this topic. You know what I what I really wanted our listeners to take from this was that first of all, control is is an illusion. You know, we've talked about that in other podcasts. Um, talking about it again today, um, you know, generally I think we are all um, inclined to talk about things that really pique our interest or maybe that we struggle with more. I struggle with, I've always struggled with just giving that control to the Lord. And, and so if that's something that you struggle with, um, you know, again, to, to wrap this up in a, in a little bow, how do you fix that? You know, how, how do, how do you fix it? And, uh, according to this book and according to everything that I've ever read, the way that you fix that is to develop a relationship with the Lord that is like the relationship that you have with your best friend. And, and, you know, this book, it says, um, it's another quote. It says the ideal for divine guidance is a conversational relationship with God 
the sort of relationship suited to friends who are mature personalities in a shared enterprise. You know, I want that kind of relationship with God. And I believe that, and, and that's, that's my heart's desire. My heart's desire is to continue on whatever path I'm on until I have that relationship where when I'm speaking to God, it's no different than when I'm speaking to you, Shane. You right. know, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a set aside prayer. It's just a, a, a back and forth. When we think about Moses and, you know, we think about David, you know, man, and we think about Abraham, these guys were literally, if you just open Exodus, mm-hmm. God spoke to Moses and Moses spoke back to God. God spoke to Moses and then he spoke back to him again. You know, I mean, how cool would it be to have that have that kind of relationship with the Lord where you're you're just talking with Jesus, you yeah. know, and 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 you're walking through life's problems with that. Can you imagine walking through life's problems having that kind of relationship with the Lord? How cool would that yeah. be? I mean, I just think that uh that it's something that we need to be striving for. And um, I think that if, if that is something that you struggle with is that, that fear of uncertainty of what might happen tomorrow, um, that, that fear of lack of control, you know, of not being able to control your day in and day out. If that, I, I do think that that is a faith, um, not a faith problem, but it's a faith fix Faith fixes that, and and how do you massage and and grow that faith? You grow it by building that relationship with the Lord, and um, you know that's what I hope our listeners take from today. Amen. Thanks, Obi, for talking about that today. I think that that all hits uh, very close to home as far as a man goes. Seek out the wisdom of the one who knows all, and, and not based on our own wisdom. And don't be afraid to. Step out where God calls you to step out, even if even if you don't feel comfortable there. I think, you know, growth zones are not comfort zones, and we all, in order to grow, we have to get outside of those comfort zones. Appreciate you, Obi. Thank you guys for listening today. If you would, hit that like, share, subscribe. Or help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick today in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.